0: Hello and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to welcome as our guest today, John Truncalli, Produce Manager of Brattleboro Food Co-op, and Brian Day, Senior Merchandiser and Natural Source Coordinator of Four Seasons Produce, John was recognized in 2021 by IFPA, then United Fresh, as a Retail Produce Manager of the Year Award winner. And Brian is known, of course, throughout the industry as one of the experts in promotional planning, merchandising events, and much more, most recently, with the prestigious Packer 25 recognition that he received also in 2021. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Ashley.
0: Now we were just uh, we were just reminiscing before we started on the call here about you two have been working together for how long has it been now?
1: It's almost ten, going on ten years now. Yeah, man, ten amazing years.
2: Time flies, right? So, yeah, twenty fourteen, beginning of twenty fourteen is when the first uh, when I first stepped foot into that co-op and uh, yeah, met John for the first time and. And here we are 10 years later, uh, uh, amazing friendship and um, amazing uh, uh, business partnership, too. So um, can't say enough about him or uh, what he what he's helped do for um, for us and for me
1: personally. So I, I echo the same. Um, I, I've been working with Brian for almost 10 years, and it seems like every time he comes up to my store, I learn something new which is awesome because it always keeps it fresh uh he he taught me a lot of what i do now at the co-op when especially when it comes to displaying uh building displays and uh general uh, merchandising tips and uh, just incredible just an incredible person
2: oh thanks john i appreciate that but it's great though because you know it's one of those things where you know, you learn from me. We, I learn from you too, right? And that's good. that's the great thing about this business, right? Is everybody learns from everybody, and there's 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 thirty different ways to get to the final result, and everyone might have their own uh, way of doing it. But you step back, you look at the picture you just painted, um, and the collaboration that goes along with it. It's 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 amazing, it's an amazing relationship, it's an amazing industry, amazing industry that we're in. So um, so yeah, man. So. Good times. Good times. It's good reminiscing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a great industry because it's always, to me, it's always changing. Something yeah, for sure. Always different. Whether it be uh, a new variety of apple that's coming around, or um, Mother Nature throws you a curveball and you gotta make do with what you have. Um, but it's all it's always changing, and I like to go home every day, learn, you know, with something that I learned that day. Because it never, ever ends. Every day is different. Absolutely, man. Yes.
0: Well, and speaking of learning, I had to pull this out since we're going to have <laughs> you guys on today.
1: <laughs> That's great. <huh>? Yeah. <laughs> not you, nice. name, you still have the name tag.
0: I do. Great. I do. I have that in a separate spot. I'm trying to remember where exactly I put it. But I put it somewhere specific because I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And this is not going That's anywhere. A-
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a good day at Brattleboro. It was a great for sure. day. Oh, it, it
0: sure was, was so awesome, and it was so cool. Um, it, I, I encourage any anybody who's listening who might be on the supply side of the business instead of the retail side. If you haven't ever spent some time in store, just to go follow around somebody who knows the business and see it in action. Um, when we were at Brattleboro, I got to uh, I got to help in a very minimal way, Brian, on the wet wall, which was beautiful and I was just asking him about okay you know what do you do with the tops of these rainbow carrots anybody who's listened for a while has heard me mention this I'm never going to not mention it because it was such a cool experience <laughs> to just figure out the nuances of all these different products and how they go together and what are the things that you do to neaten up the display you know do you tuck in the cilantro leaves like how do you you know what are all the little details that you look for um and also got to rotate an avocado display and John, I might have taken out a few too many, but I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't want to leave something that might be substandard and then, you know, cause a customer to have a bad impression. It was awesome. It was so cool.
1: That's great. It's all it's always the call of the person putting it out, and what I like to say to my team members is if you're not if you wouldn't buy it, it shouldn't be out there. And and that's similar to what you were saying, Ashley, about, you know, well, I don't know if I really should Put it out. In my eyes, it shouldn't be out there. Then, so that was the right move, regardless of how much you pulled off. That's <laughs> perfectly fine.
0: I told Brian, I'm like, you can double check me because I don't know if I was, you know, too too harsh or too discerning, but but I, I didn't want to be the one to leave something out there that wasn't gonna, you know, that might possibly not be a good reflection.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, all good. I I still remember how straight those stalks of chard that you put in there, it was like you could take a T-square to it, right? I mean, that's how straight those things were. So that was great. Ah, that was a great time. My I goodness. was
0: terrified I was going to break them. I just was like, oh, my gosh, these are so delicate. Like, how does this all fit in here so nicely? And you've got the knife and you're trimming things and everything is flying and, like, going up there and it all looks perfect. Like, oh, my goodness. This would take me, like, <laughs> I don't even know how much time that would take me. And it wouldn't look half as good, but I was like, "Wow!" Seeing this all come together in person is it just it's crazy.
1: That's great, cool. good stuff. <laughs> Brian had had that wet wall down. He must have done it somewhere else in his previous life or something. But um, <laughs> it, it it's always so beautiful when it when it's done. And although it might take you know labor of love, it's just it's it's so beautiful. Uh, we start off in the morning and it, to me, it's a blank canvas. And then when you're done, it's a, it's a piece of art. It's, it's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, I love taking pictures of it and showing other people at, at this point, I have two or three of my staff members that when they do it, they take pictures of it and they show their friends and, and, and that just the, the pride that they take in, in their work. I, I love to see that because they genuinely, genuinely care.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the whole thing, right? Like if, if you can get people where they're taking pictures of what they do and showing it to other folks, like, you, you know, you've got them. I, I talked to somebody not too long ago who, you know, was, was hiring and he said, I used to look for experience in produce or even just general merchandising experience. He said, eventually I stopped looking at that so much. And I just look for attitude because if you get somebody who wants to mm-hmm. do work well, You can teach them the rest of the stuff, right? If they've got a good attitude and and they want to do well, that's the whole thing for most things, I think.
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, guys, the other thing we were talking about before we started on the call was the fact that somehow it's already May. Memorial Day is here in a few weeks. I I don't know how we got to this place so quickly again, but here we are.
2: Ready for some watermelon. Yeah, watermelon and stone fruit and one of my uh, personal faves, cherries. So, yes. um, should, uh, looking forward to doing some pretty special things with cherries this year. And, um, you know, it looks like there's going to be a better crop this year than there was last year. So, uh, excited for that too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, John always rocks some serious cherry displays, uh, you know, mid-season. And then at the end with the Stemilt Moon Cherries, uh, that was an amazing display he did last year, and uh, yeah, looking forward to doing it again, but yeah, we're talking peaches, plums, nectarines, and uh, everything arriving here very soon, so um, Memorial Day is only what, four weeks away? Four weeks away. Yeah. Four, four weeks yeah. away, and away we go, <laughs> so uh,
1: yeah.
2: next week yeah. will be Christmas,
1: so yes. you know, yeah. it's enjoy- <laughs> That's not rush Christmas yet. <laughs> uh, I, I still have people asking me about the moon cherries. They're already looking forward to them next year. So, I mean, I I already have them asking. And I know that's a late season thing, but um, I tell them, patience. You need to wait on them. They're cherries.
2: That's right. <laughs> Fingers crossed for the weather there. So Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: Now, John... Brian was just mentioning how you guys will go big on cherries I know we've talked we've talked I don't know about a year year or so ago about when you first started working with Brian and he started convincing you guys to go bigger on some of these displays and it, initially of course everybody kind of has concerns about like oh are we going to shrink too much of that out and some of those things Were cherries one of those items that you're like doing a whole lot of cherries might be a little ambitious or had you already kind of learn to trust Brian's expectations on how the giant amounts that you could sell things.
1: I, I, at that point I was, I was able to trust Brian's reason, reasoning in it. Um, it was hard for me to uh, digest the, the size of the displays that we were going to build, um, especially considering that they were um, freestanding you now on on the sales floor rather than being uh in in a refrigerator case uh, and i in the previous before we started building displays i would build small little tiny displays and i might sell 10 cases 12 15 cases uh brian comes in convinces me to buy a pallet of cherries i buy the pallet of cherries we build beautiful displays when you first walked in the door it was the first thing that you saw Um, and like the next day, my jaw dropped when I came in and not only saw the display, but saw, um, how many I actually sold after I ran a movement report on them. Um, and that pretty much set me on that tone that it's really not the product that you put out there. It's the size of the display. Um, and I, I haven't looked back since. (laughs)
0: Excellent. And what are, so you mentioned the moon cherries, John, and Brian, this is for you too. What are some of the summer specific items that you guys are most excited about for these coming months?
1: For me, it would definitely be black plums are my favorite. Um, I, I love the black plums. Uh, towards the end of the season, when they start to get a little white sugar specks on them, uh, just absolutely delicious. And, and definitely watermelon. I mean, uh, watermelon is one of my favorite summer items. Um, and I even like to drop it on the grill. I mean, it's just, you can't really go wrong with that. No,
2: that's great. There's those are some good choices. And um, I'll dovetail off of what John said. Watermelon is an actual, it's a staple staple of mine. I absolutely love watermelon. And not just like the standard watermelon, but like, the yellow, the yellow seedless watermelon and um, uh, the the sugar babies, um, just absolutely phenomenal, uh, absolutely phenomenal fruit, right? And then um, I guess a, a close second outside of, I guess a close third, because cherries are number one, uh, would be peaches, right? Peaches, I mean, there's 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 something about walking into a department with an aroma of a fresh peach its your right? And it just kind of entices the buy, like right off of jump and just... Mm-hmm. Um, Biting into a peach takes you uh, takes me back to a uh, a childhood. I mean, to my childhood, first getting to um, um, uh, into fruit, and um, yeah, there's there's something nostalgic about it. And but uh, not to mention delicious. So and it doesn't matter. It's not. I don't discriminate. I like yellow flesh. I like white flesh. I like donut peaches. I like I like them all. Um, But uh, yeah, so one of my faves for sure.
0: Now with stone fruit being more delicate, what have you guys learned as far as best practices in handling, getting it on the display where it's ripe enough where you do get that incredible aroma, but then, you know, if not everything sells, are there ways to repurpose that with bakery? Or like, how, how do you approach stone fruit with kind of that, it's such a incredible item, but, you know, more delicate?
1: What I usually like to do is if, if I'm in the, and, and it was time to build a nice display like Brian and I do. Um, it got to be stacked. It's got to be stacked nice. And I don't like to go, you know, you obviously don't want to give too many layers. Otherwise, the bottom would get crushed. Um, so um, stacking them side by side, building almost like pyramid shape is is pretty good. Um, what I also like to do is if, if I do build those displays, I also keep... Um, them in like a refrigerated case so if you wanted a riper one you can go to the display where they're out in the air and if you wanted one that's a little firmer to ripen in a couple of days they pull it out of the case they bring it home and, and they're wiping it on their counter so i usually like to offer both um situations when it comes to peaches uh or or even like nectarines and things like that as well nectarines are a little bit uh hardier but and
2: uh, I'll take the easy way out and I'll say exactly what he said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, for sure. John is spot on, as usual, uh, with his description of everything. It's it's something that uh, you can make look massive uh, via uh, false bottom dummies, um, lifts, whatever. Uh, but you don't want oodles and noodles of stone fruit on top of each other, uh, for sure. And the other thing that I, I love when John said this, because it doesn't just hold for, for stone fruit, but offering both ripe and unripe fruit, right? So that does so much for your sales. For a customer that wants to uh, purchase it and consume immediately, uh, they have that ripe fruit and then take some home in a paper bag uh, to ripen later. I mean, that is so, and not just stone fruit, I mean, avocados and uh, whatnot, bananas are another one that just offer both ripe and unripe fruit. It, it'll do wonders for your sales and and, and product movement for sure. Definitely. And that's a key important. Yeah.
0: Now, the other thing with summer coming up, of course, I'm curious because, John, one of the things I remember from when I visited uh, the co-op was just the incredible array of local in every single department was just I, I, like nothing I have ever seen before. I mean, truly, truly remarkable. What, what does the local selection look like for you guys this time of year or coming up here?
1: This time of year, this particular year, is really coming on very slow. Um, by now I would have already had bunch cilantro and I would, I would have had bunch chard and and things like that uh, enough to supply me with just local. So I am getting a handful of bunch cilantro's and a handful of bunch chards and things like that. But I also at this point have to supplement it with um, stuff that I'll get from four seasons. Um, Probably within the next two or three weeks, that'll all change. Um, I was speaking to one of my, main suppliers of greens this morning. Um, And I know that uh, beginning next week, it'll be radishes and it'll be baby bok choy and it'll be hefty, hefty amounts of cilantro. So it's it's definitely coming. Um, I was talking to some of my team members this morning and I was saying how critical and hard it is at this point to be able to offer things like cilantro um, where I had to carry both a local and a non-local variety so that I could provide cilantro throughout the day. Um, I put I get local cilantro in. I put it out. A couple hours later, it's gone. Um, only because I just can't get enough. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you came up last year, Ashley, it was end of May, and there was there was a good assortment of local greens at that point generally what happens with me is by mid-august if i have a hundred items in that wet rack 99 of them are local wow um the only thing i could think of at the top of my head that uh I, I, I can't i have a hard time finding local is broccolini my customers love broccolini so i have to always get that from elsewhere but generally everything else is 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 local.
0: That is remarkable. So how many different grower partners do you all work with? And how do you manage like those relationships and the procurement side of that, you know, in addition to like the store, the department, I should say?
1: Very delicately. It's it's <laughs> it's very hard to juggle and keep everybody happy. I I uh, harder season I probably uh deal with about 30 local growers. Uh, that would, <clears throat> excuse me, that would include, um, apple, uh, apple orchards and things like that. So, uh, towards September, you start to get all the nice local apples in. Um, I, I try to quote, share the wealth, um, when it comes to buying products from people. So I have certain crops. I only buy from certain vendors, um, if another vendor comes up to me and says, look, I'm really heavy on kale, can you help me out? I'll, I'll discount the price. Um, I'm afforded the luxury of saying, sure, bring it in and, and we'll, we'll sell it. I, I like to help people out in that type of situation. Um, but it is really, is quite a juggling act. Rather than getting six deliveries a week, you're getting two. Um, and uh, a lot of stuff is not uh, hydro cooled. so uh, the, the shelf life is a lot um, a lot less time than something that I would get from California or Mexico. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I love it and I love interacting with each and every one of my vendors. Um, I've been working with uh, a lot of these growers for 15. Uh, years now so we know each other and we know what we need to do to be successful
0: very cool well that's probably a whole podcast in itself is just keeping you know keeping those relationships doing the check-ins getting the schedule getting you know like you said deliveries set up all those kind of things oh, man so we might come back to that because I have more questions but I wanted to ask Brian the same question which is for you all what what does what does supplying your customers look like with with local or regional you know at this time of year look like for you guys?
2: So that's a good question. First of all, I want to uh, uh, touch on something John said. It, it's it's uh, uh the people right. So taking care of people, uh, and that's I think a differentiator in what we do is being able to help people out. Right? John has the autonomy to uh, help any farmer who he wants out, and he could. Just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to do, deal with these 10 farmers and then that's it, whatever. But uh, to broaden the, the, the mind and just say, hey, listen, this guy needs help selling kale. What can I do? He has the the, um, uh, the, the, the ability to help that out. And uh, again, going back to what this is all about, it's people. And, um, you know, no one's better at it than John. Um, you know, you hear everything out, it's produce, sure, but you know, go back to people. Everything is about people. Right. You know, people passion produce right in that order, because without the first two, you don't have the last one. So um, John embodies all that. So it's great to hear all that um, that that mission and helping people out selling vegetables, because you know what? In the end, um, helping them out continues the food, uh, uh, the food flowing through through the department. So that's awesome. So how we handle it is a little differently. I, sh- I shouldn't say that. Um, we, we buy from, from all over the place, right? So um, our local, and again, the definition of what people consider local is all different, right? Some it's 15 miles, some it's 50, some mm-hmm. it's uh, a day's travel worth. Um, uh, it, it can be considered local. But theoretically, you can. Uh, I can drive from here to Florida in 22 hours. So, mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> You know, you get that, is that local? But no, in all seriousness, it all depends, right? Um, Some don't have the access to the farms that John does. And we're able to uh, procure product, right? We get from Delaware, uh, Virginia, um, uh, Maryland, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, New York. I mean, we have that hub that um, is all in our trading area that we're able to offer local to the stores that can't buy things themselves direct from farms. So, um, in our, you know, one of when things that talking about people again, we encourage the local buy, right? Um, we encourage the local buy, um, you know, and uh, you know, support that mission, obviously, of of supporting the local farmers, right? Because you know, being an independent wholesaler, um, uh, it's it's, I think it's pertinent for us to um, just kind of. Um, support that mission so just again go back to help people out i don't i don't know how how else to say it but um Mm now we're able to offer uh, our customers local local product throughout the season um and depending on what it is and we're going to places that could be local to doing we're taking out the middleman right so we're just Mm -hmm. kind of being able to offer the local product to to their customers as well so i mean to Mm -hmm. our customers for their customers as well so it's kind of what John does, but on a, um, a different scale, I guess <laughs> on a different scale, cause you're dealing with so many different regions where you're pulling product from. Um, uh, but our trading area is all different regions too. So uh,
0: yeah. Well, and I wanted to follow up John with you too on just maintaining those relationships with growers I'm just, I'm just curious, like, how do you manage that? Is there a schedule to it that you're checking in? Cause I know you'll be getting updates on, Hey, the weather's doing this. So we're delayed X amount of days. And and that may be different for everybody, or maybe there's similarities. I mean, how do you kind of keep, keep all the balls in the air there?
1: What I usually do, I usually, when it comes to a lot of my local, uh, growers, when it comes to greens and whatnot, um, that usually lasts up here till about um, early November. Uh, maybe up until Thanksgiving, I can still get kales and things like that. So the relationship lasts with the with the growers at least until that point. And then there's a brief lull. Uh, a lot of them go on vacation, which I think they deserve because they are extremely hard workers. Um, So they go away for a while and I usually, I actually don't usually, I always do, every year have a um, a growers meeting that I send invitation out to all my local growers and then we all get together uh, generally the second week in February and we go over um, things like uh, what can the Brattleboro Food Co-op do better to help out the uh, grower and what the grower can do to help out the broader food co-op and uh, we also talk about uh crop plantings what they plan on doing is there anything new is there anything that i can i can have them grow more of um so that's really the relationship starts again in february and then it's always like uh, weekly, you know, by mid-March, I'm always reaching out weekly to everybody. Hey, what's happening? What's coming down the pike? Uh, this way I know to um, begin to ease up on some of the uh, California Mexican uh, veggies that I get. Uh, so I, I always like to talk on the phone. Email is easier, but talking to somebody, there's nothing like, like talking to them. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then I, I speak to them two or three times a week. So they always will give me an update as to what they have coming down the pike. Another another good way is they'll always start selling um, what they have at the farmer's market, usually before they have enough to grow to send to me. So I always go to farmer's market and I'll look and I'll say, oh, cilantro is coming. Uh, so I, I, I know that way as well. And if I don't see cilantro within the week, I usually call them, Hey, I saw you with cilantro at the farmer's market. So, uh, it's a great relationship that we have with, I, with all of them really.
0: That is amazing. When did you start? Because really you're, you're doing a good deal of, of procurement there locally. In addition to managing the department, when did you kind of start, start that type of work in, in addition to, you know, managing the department?
1: I've been running the produce department <clears throat> at Barbara Food Co-op for 17 years as the manager. Uh, before that, I was the assistant manager. I was only had half the duties then that I had now, but basically it was from day one, uh, out of the gate, uh, procurement and as well as managing the department and merchandising and display building and everything falls onto me, which then goes down to my team members So uh, for, for a long time. And I've been dealing with the same growers for that period of time. I've seen farms. Um, I could give an example. Uh, Deep Metal Farm is a local farm here that started by leasing land from um, a really big uh, local grower of mine. And I believe they leased uh, five to seven acres to start. uh, And he came to me. uh, This is going back 15 years now. I want to try to get in. um, So I started carrying his product. Uh, Seven or eight years ago, he went out and he bought uh, 28 acres of land just north of where he was. And now he's got his own farm. And it's just incredible to watch these. I've seen three or four of these startup farms grow into these you know what we up here call big farms um and it's great to be able to get them started and they're very appreciative even to this day i have some of my vendors say thank you for getting us to where we are now so um it's wonderful great story man thank you
0: I was just going to say, it's funny you went that direction, John, because listening to you talk about that reminds me of what Brian always talks about is his favorite part of his job, which is not the gorgeous displays that we always see the picture of, but the people development and the training and watching the people that you pour into, you know, go on to do cool things and do more with their careers and influence other people. Um, just very similar things there. So I can see why you guys have been uh, been, been friends for so long now.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, John, John said it earlier in the in the, the cast. Here is uh, that you know his employees that he's trained uh, on the wet rack say they take pictures of their of the work that they do and show show their friends. I mean, how cool is that, right? I mean, how cool is that to be able to influence someone to um, step back from 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 a job that they, they did and just be excited about it and want to share it with people. It's just. Right you know, some people look at it and say, oh, it's only vegetables or whatever. Right. But no, it's, it's more than vegetables. It's your passion. It's your art. Uh, and it's what you're proud of, of doing. So, I mean, um, yeah, that's, that, uh, that, that's, you know, the tell for what you said, yeah, that's, that's my, my personal uh, favorite thing to do is just that kind of like the people development and, um, in all areas and all levels. Right. So, but that was, that was cool too. Um, John, that story about the about taking pictures, man, I, I just love hearing that. I just really love hearing that. So he
1: he, he This I don't know. Uh, it, it was a, it was a kid, Justin. You've met Justin mm-hmm. before, yeah, sure, man. And um, this just happened like two weeks ago. I don't. I close one night a week, so I went into the store at one o'clock in in the afternoon to start my closing shift. He had done the greens rack, and I I was talking to another employee that was touching up the greens rack, but I couldn't get my eye off of the greens rack. It, it just looked, in, it just looked incredible. Um, so I went up to him and I, I said to him, I said, just great job, Justin, on that, on that greens rack. And he said, well, I was channeling you as I was doing it. <laughs> that, that's exactly what, what, what he said, but it's, nice. it's great to see, uh, someone that's never worked in, in the produce industry before, uh, a, younger generation um, really take that. And and like you said, you know, they, they put their heart into it and it just shows their passion for, for the, the veggies. And, and, and that's something that I know for a fact that Brian has, and I do as well. And I'm sure everybody out there listening does, but to see it start from someone that's never had that before. And over the course of a year, just pick that up. is just mind boggling. I love it.
0: That's so wonderful. It, this sounds so silly. It almost makes me want to cry listening to that because it's just, it's so fantastic. And you think about, you think about the difference between doing work that you just do because it's a job and doing work that you enjoy going in to do every day. I mean, it's, it that is a life changing difference. You know, it really is. And even the thing about taking pictures, I thought, in addition to being proud of what you do, wanting to show it off, the taking a pause in the midst of what is such a crazy business to appreciate, you know, what you've accomplished in that moment before you move on to the next thing is is so valuable i think because so so quick it's on to the next thing on to the next thing on to the next thing okay next day on to, the next thing, on to the next thing on to the next thing and to even just influence people to to enjoy and appreciate those moments of what they've accomplished is something special i think
2: yeah absolutely i there's no question and i'll take it a little bit i'll step further i mean john uh shares a bunch of pictures with me of his amazing work and um you know, you take it one step further, right? Um, we like to share pictures with our vendors, right? The, where the product is grown and you send it to their ARV contacts at, at uh, uh, whatever vendor that we're using, right? And then they take it and they show their sales team and it makes it all the way to the field, right? It makes wow. it all the way to the field to show, okay, um, uh, you, you pick this these artichokes on a, um, certain day and this is where it ends up this is the 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 art that what you're picking what you're putting in your canasta to put into a box to ship east uh this is the final result i mean outside of the plate of course but this is the final result this is the end point where the consumer meets meets the product that you have picked that you have sold that you have shipped that you have i mean it's that just to me you talk about you're crying i get goosebumps thinking about that kind of stuff because it just it shows appreciation through the entire through the entire food chain, right through the entire from uh, the 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 plant, the people that harvest and they plant and, and um, plant and then harvest and then uh, pick, pack, ship, and just it's just to be able to show that all the way back to the source is pretty special. You know, it's 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 a pretty special thing. I mean, um, we have amazing vendors that we that we work with, amazing companies, and um, they uh, go back to the people um they want to they want to show their appreciation for their people so that's those those pictures that that get sent to us uh, we forward to our vendors just to show them listen you know we appreciate what all you're doing to uh, allow uh the people in the communities that we service uh access to healthy food because we all know right it's it's hard work you know it's it's very very hard work what they do um, but, uh, yeah, a little appreciation goes such a very, very long way. It really does.
0: Well, and we talked a little bit before about, uh, about weather influencing the, the timing of the local season and, and things like that. And so of course, none of this happens in a vacuum. There's, there's always all these, these macro factors that are influencing this job that you're just trying to do your best job at day in and day out. And Another one of those currently, of course, is this inflation that has been pretty persistent and stuck around a little bit. What do you do differently, if anything, in an environment like this where shoppers are maybe a little more budget conscious, maybe a little more likely to trade down in categories with more variety? How do you approach that, especially in such a big, you know, traditionally a big selling season like summer?
1: Well, I could give you an example. Um, uh, strawberries is a good example. There's, uh, points that, uh, a year or two ago that I only would carry organic strawberries. Um, it would, it would, I wouldn't even think about carrying conventional. Um, and then strawberry market went through the roof, the organic strawberry market. Um, I, I don't even remember. I think I was selling, um, quarts of strawberries for like 9.99 it was just it was horrific um uh and that made me think that i have to offer something that i can't you know so at that point i was sliding over and twin lining it with a conventional uh strawberry that i was able to sell at 5.99 that people were more likely to buy um I lost a little bit of sales on my organics, but I picked up a lot of sales on my conventional. Um, that's one way that I'll <clears throat> even it out. <clears throat> uh, some things you just really have to take the hit on. You don't. You don't really have a choice. There's certain items that I just can't go over a certain price. Um, I I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. So if I'm only making 15% on it for two or three weeks to get us through that jam, uh, I'll make it up on potatoes or something. I'll just go a little bit higher on my, on my potatoes. Um, But there, I really do lose sleep over selling garlic for 15 bucks a pound uh, organic garlic. Um, But sometimes you just have to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah for for sure it's
1: tough i mean it really is tough mother nature can throw you a curveball um we have an an issue up here a lot of times um when it comes to hail in the summer and for uh monday you could get all the lettuce you want wednesday a hail storm comes through friday i can't get any lettuce uh so uh that's always it's always so so crazy um but just, you just got to plan and, and hope for the best. Keep your fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. And on the, on the adjustment of pricing, when you make those decisions, John, is that sort of your instinct honed over all the years on kind of what that willingness to pay is of the shopper and what that line is that you don't want to cross when it comes to that, that price? Or are there data sources that you use that help inform that? Or how do you go about making those decisions?
1: uh generally uh a lot of it is my gut feeling of, of course it's looking back to say all right well what happened last year with the lettuce or what happened last year with the spinach and then trying to assess the situation from there and come up with some type of happy medium but as far as pricing goes um i i could probably get 15 a pound for that garlic um but I sell it for eleven ninety nine a pound, um, just because I I you know I, I, I feel better selling it at that price. Um, I could, to be honest with you, I could probably get nineteen dollars a pound for it, uh, but I don't want I want to I want to throw a bone to the to the customers too and have them say, hey, I got it. I saw it at the farmers market for fourteen dollars. You got it for twelve ninety nine. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's also another thing too. I I have to compete with the farmers market. Um, the same grower who I get the lettuce from has the lettuce at the farmers market. So that's also something when it comes to prices. Um, I got to keep in line with them. Uh, I can't go very. I can't go a dollar higher on a head of lettuce. I won't sell any. And of course, I'll hear about it as well. Yeah.
0: That's an interesting. That's an interesting dynamic. I don't. Probably not everybody is in that. It faces that dynamic because they don't carry as much local as you guys do.
1: I, I, what I like to do is when I first start getting products from my local uh, suppliers at the beginning of the year, I'll ask them, "What are you selling it at the farmers market for?" Uh, this way, and and if they're selling it at two ninety nine, I'm going to sell it at two ninety nine. Um, if they're gonna sell it at three ninety nine, I'll sell it at three ninety nine. I don't like to undershoot them, and uh, I don't like to overshoot them either. So we sort of have this working relationship type thing that um, they're not gonna come up to you at the farmers market and say, "I got it at the Broadwater call Co. for a dollar less." Now uh, promotions and sale items—that's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all aware that of selling that. At a lower price uh so it's not like they're getting a shock when when they get to the farmer's market on a saturday morning and they find out i'm selling it for 99 cents yes so um, they that's know they're moving a lot way, more at
0: that 99 cents or whatever it is
1: uh, yeah yeah uh, <laughs> that's another one of those things that we discussed you know um me and and the suppliers both at our growers meeting and then as the season starts to ramp
0: up deep partnership there.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Very neat. All right, Brian, similar question for you. With with inflation still higher than we would like for it to be, what how does that influence what you guys do this summer, if at all?
2: So that's a good question. That's a loaded question, right? because uh, what we've seen, what our what our business seen is mirrors what's going on in retail, right? And we've definitely seen a shift. Right. We've seen a, a, a trade down uh, is I guess the word is, is to use is that um, people still want to eat healthy. They still want to, um, you know, uh, offer their families um, something good to eat and feel good about it. Uh, but the, you know, call them a hybrid shopper, right? It's a, a customer who prefers organic, prefers to buy organic, um, uh, but is not the, the lifestyle organic that will only buy organic a lot of trade down from that organic um, uh, piece into a conventional. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what area that we go to. Um, uh, that's, that's happening everywhere. You know, uh, people are stretching their dollars for sure. Um, and uh, they, like I said, they still want to be able to uh, eat healthy. Uh, so if there is a two, three, $4 spread, in a pack of strawberries, use John's example. Use a pack of strawberries. If there's that spread, I mean, they might gravitate towards that um, uh, that conventional option. So, um, and we've seen actually stores that were only organic, right? I'm down here in, in the D.C. area now, and uh, there's there's a couple stores that I have down here that were just only organic, right? That are now carrying conventional options. They're limited conventional mm-hmm. options, right? But um, uh, they're carrying conventional options, and that's something that they didn't think they would ever do. And it's not hurting a mission. It's not hurting anything. What it is, it's, it's making um, uh, food, you know, good food affordable for all different, all for all levels of income. So, And that's driven by the market, right? That's driven by consumers. So, you know, if they can't get it uh, at the store that they're in, they're going to go to uh, an area or a store, you know, quarter mile away. Uh, that offers that. So they saw a need to react to the changing landscape because it still is, right? Mm I'll tell you, it's still a changing landscape of what we're in. But um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting summer, but we're still seeing a lot of that trade down, a lot of that trade down option. And um, the price will drive the market, right? Mm -hmm. price will definitely drive the market. Um, You know, Yes, we're 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 in a spot now where you know retails for cauliflower are nine dollars, right? Nine dollars for a head of cauliflower. And it's just like, wow, are people going to spend nine dollars for a cauliflower? And it's um but uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see going in the next, you know, through sort of the balance of the year, I think. Um, you know, what uh, what what that what that trade-off actually is or what does that mean in percentages, uh, organic versus conventional um, or, um, you know, what ends up in the consumer's cart. So.
0: And when it comes to promotional planning, how does that influence the approach? If at all, just maybe a little more limited on the kinds of items that you, you know, maybe would go after, or, or how do you look at that?
2: So that's a good question. Um, the answer to that is if something's offered to us, um, no, I mean, everything is, everything's in play promotional wise, right? I mean, we're going to have, we'll use, go back to cherries. We're going to have conventional cherries and we're going to have organic cherries, right? We're going to carry both, but we'll leave it up to the stores that we service and what they're going to, um, uh, what they're going to offer to their customers, right? Some might just go organ- all organic. Some might carry both, right? You know, carry a conventional, um, uh, cherry with an organic option, um, but uh, no, promotional wise, as far as categories, um, if, if it's offered the way we look at it is if it's if we're offering it conventional and it isn't available in organic, we're certainly going to offer it in organic. Now, we'll talk to our stores and we'll 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 look at something. We'll look at uh, uh, what we're selling and the, the promotions that we have coming up in July and August, uh, June, July and August. I'm really super excited about. But we'll also gauge our customers. OK, where do you think you're going to go? You know, we'll ask John here. I mean, John did both conventional and organic cherries last year, did an amazing job with the, with the cherry program. Um, where do you see your shoppers going? And then we can advise our, well, me, and you know, you know how my mind works as far as like, you know, all right, where are we going? Display size. We already have that cherry display planned out. Where's it going? But and we we can relay that kind of information to our buyers and, you know, our buyers will, you know, uh, they, the, the, this whole business that we're in is collaboration and communication, right? So sharing, sharing ideas from store level back to the buy. I mean, um, you know, that's that's how we look at doing promotions. And um, again, if it's offered conventionally, we're going to offer it organically as well. So, And some promotions that we do um, it are just strictly organic, right? I mean, we have uh, a promotion here upcoming with uh, organic mangoes uh for a six-week period from mid-june to the end of july and that's strictly organic mangoes so and that's it we have a great partner that we deal with um that um uh, um we do this every year it's mango mania uh but uh that's strictly organic you know it's it's, it's a, basically it's a contact prom- contest promotion doing um uh, organic mangoes with puffos and rounds so um yeah
0: Okay. Well, we can't have an episode go by without talking at least for a second about contests because they're just awesome. John, I'm curious what your experience has been with contests.
1: <laughs> I, I love them. I love them. Yeah. Uh, I always like when Brian calls me and says, Hey, guess what? Because they have to guess what is usually something good. Uh, <laughs> but Brian, Brian's helped me a lot with these displays. It's not anything I would have been able to do 10 years ago. Um, Everything from, uh, POS, uh, m- merchandise, um, uh, level building levels and having uh, texture to the display. Um, I learned that all from him. I, I was a grocery guy before my early, early years. So I'm programmed for grocery, which is a lot simpler. Uh, but, um, I, I, I love entering the contests. Um, I've, I've won a few of them. Um, I, I, I love uh, the asparagus one, the, the cherries, uh, mangoes. Uh, the mango one is a good one. I already have plans for a smaller display than what Brian and I were talking about a couple of months back. It's, um it's great. And it's great on my end. It's great on, um, Brian's end, and of course, it's great on the consumer's end because they're the ones that get that great deal uh, four mangoes for five bucks or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and it ho- it really it brings a lot of people into into the store. Um, it 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 makes me look at everything differently, especially when I go into another store and I see what they have. To yeah. Be honest, and, uh- Another good thing that I like about them is if I don't win or I'm not successful, in it, I love looking at the winners uh, because it really helps me think for the next time. What can I do? Do I need to put balloons up? Do I need to cross merchandise some olive oil in with it or, or something like that? So it, it's benefits to me to look at what other people are doing as well.
2: Yeah, and uh, John's being a little modest with uh, – he's won a few. He's won quite a, a – uh, he's won quite a few. Let's put the word quite in front of a few. Uh, John is a, a master merchandiser and uh, just builds up some creative and amazing displays. So, um, And just kind of add on what John said, I mean, these, these really do – we talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I mean, they, these um, uh, display boating opportunities and um, display contests, they drive sales, right? They create excitement. Um, they create an atmosphere of 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 selling. They, uh, of, um, they're great team building um, um, exercises, right? But you're doing it with with uh, a, a live product, right? And um, yeah, I mean, so there, I'm all for them. I love doing them. Um, I love creating excitement. Um, you know, John and I, uh, we've we've done a couple events over the past couple of years. Um, with uh, a few categories and a few commodities and um, looking forward to doing more here in the future. But um, yeah, I mean, it really, and John's right. The end, the end result, listen, I mean, it's, there's, there's great prizes and, and bragging rights and all that kind of fun stuff. But the end result is selling more product, right? Just selling more product at point of sale. And that's actually the win, right? Um, whatever prizes are offered in these contests, the ultimate prize is moving more fruit right? Moving more cases and offering a value to the customer. So, um, you know, that's, that kind of, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I, I have so much fun doing these is because we are, you know, increasing, um, you know, produce purchases and produce consumption. So, um, it's a win, win, win in, in my book. So, but I guess I might be a little biased about all that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, goodness. Well, John, when you mentioned, you know, texture to the display, what that makes me think of is there was a dino melon display that Brian built last year. And he literally had a big poster of a T-Rex. He had like plastic greenery, like leaves that he had wrapped around the front of the display and over the window. So you have like this immersive experience. I think there was like a beware of dino sign or something that we put on the front of it. And so I just, I have to know, Brian, for this year, is there like an animatronic dinosaur? Like, what are we doing for this year?
2: <laughs> um, uh, let's see, what can I say? Well, there's going to be something fun. Uh, let's just put it <laughs> to, to be you that determined. Way.
1: There's, there's
2: good, <laughs> to be determined, yes. There's going to be something fun uh, over the next couple of, uh, over the next month or so uh, with dinos. And we'll kick it off next week at, um, um, uh, um Uh, show that we're having so it's going to be kind of um let's let's think large-scale jurassic park let's put it to you that way so um looking
0: forward to it
2: yeah it'll be some fun stuff it'll be (laughs) some fun stuff so
0: awesome well guys i don't want to keep you too far past the time here anything that i've missed or anything that you really wanted to talk about today that we haven't hit yet
1: i'll just say one that we're talking about nice displays and props and things like this one of my favorites was when Brian came up and we built a sugar bee apple display and Brian went out to his car and came in with the full uh, beekeeper outfit uh, and he was handing out little uh, pens and um, stress dolls to the to the customers as they came in. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I saw you come in, but I never got a picture of it. And, and I, I would love if... If you had one, that you can send it to me.
2: Yeah, man, we'll definitely do that. I have, I have a few. That was a great. That was a fun. That was fun. We were trying so. to
1: get him to dress up as Barney <laughs> when we built our Bar- Dino Dino Melon display uh, this past year, but uh, he was busy at the he was busy at the time.
0: Busy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh goodness. Good times. Good yes, times. Absolutely. Yeah, it was
2: a lot of fun. That oh
0: gosh, that's awesome. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for spending this time. It's been just excellent catching up with you guys, picking your brains about all things produce. And we want to thank our listeners as well. And we'll see everybody back again next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.